Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. And tonight, California is on fire. Now, I live in Southern California, and I'm not directly affected, but our hearts go out to all the people who just have their nice homes burnt to the ground. You know, it's it's a tragic situation, and our friends in Thousand Oaks, which is pretty close, suffered a double tragedy with the shooting at that nightclub of all those people that died uh, by a soldier, a veteran, a guy with troubles. And, you know, you can't connect the fact that he was a veteran, but you can pretty much assume that if he had troubles before he was in the military, the post-traumatic stress sure didn't do him any good. So our hearts go out to them, and Sergeant Ron Helis, this guy was a hero. He went in there, and, you know, over the years, law enforcement has changed how they handle situations like that, and now they're trained to just somebody get in there, and it cost him his life. He's a hero, but he saved many lives, and God bless him. So it really does seem that there are no normal weeks anymore. We have these intense situations with the loss of life and the human tragedy that's left in its wake. And then, of course, we had the midterms. I'm proud to announce my 18-year-old voted for the first time. It was very, very exciting. And I hope he continues to use the vote as a tool to send a message to those in power. You know, I some things, they shake you. And I'm not saying I'm shaken to the core, but I'd like to think happy thoughts. And when I see things that don't make me happy, you know, there's a bit of reality there that says, hey, boy, that, that sucks. What are we going to do about this? Well, the midterms still have their unfinished endings. The governor races in Florida and Georgia, hotly contested, and different kinds of accusations flying. It, well, you hope the system works. You just hope we manage to get it right. And really, for me at least, paying attention is some sort of mental gymnastics. It's something that you have to practice and something that you can improve with practice. And yet something that takes very, uh, well, it's hard to get it perfect. And no one's perfect. No situation is perfect. So I say that you have to recognize that things are in the toilet for you in several ways, perhaps, and realize what isn't, what's good, what's right. And what that is for me 
is the truth, and it's always more powerful than the combined forces of all the craziness. But you just can't, you know, disacknowledge the confusion that comes from watching all the old norms shattered and what you thought was true about America almost flaunted in front of you as if someone has taken over and will just rub it right in your face. So there's a lot of emotion and things going on. And if we don't run 30 minutes today, we'll be back. Because I want to tell you in the second segment about the wonderful time I had this week that gave me reassurance that things are good and a new position on some of these things that I thought might not be the way they actually turned out before. But okay, let's talk about the midterms in terms of what was actually gained, because by now we know that there was quite a few Democratic pickups, and they will control the House of Representatives. The Senate is still in Republican hands, but it gives the Democrats a lot more power, committee chairmanships and subpoena power and the ability to get Donald Trump's taxes. So a lot of these checks that weren't put in place before can now be applied, and that's certainly hopeful. So you try and think as rationally as you can about it all, and you bear the indignities that come from being wrong and surprised, and still you plan on. And I just wondered aloud to myself, did you see this coming? And I guess I didn't, and I hope someone did. But you know that our Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, was fired by Donald Trump the day after the midterms. And he installed in his place, quite against the law, according to several constitutional scholars, that um, this guy, Matt Whitaker, who he named the acting attorney general over Rob Rosenstein, who should have assumed the acting director's position, he, um, Whitaker, has now the power, but not the authority. In other words, he thinks he's legitimate. Everyone else thinks he isn't, that knows what they're talking about, as far as I'm concerned. And he's going to try and stick his nose in and relay information. And the Democrats aren't really up until January. So God only knows what can happen. But I I sure don't like the law flaunted and justice put in the hands of a man who thinks he's king rather than an elected constitutional leader. I don't want to be redundant on this electoral college, but he didn't win the popular vote. And I don't know about this other hijinks. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. And I think there is the collusion that he denies, even though this is not a crime. The conspiracy is the crime. But all along, it's it's been this long, long road of subverting justice and 
it's painful to watch because that's what we believe in, truth, justice, and the American way. I know that's not in the Constitution, that's Superman, but that's what I was raised on. And my God, I hope it still exists when this is all over. How can it be any other way? Donald Trump does not have the power to destroy America. Okay, we're ready to talk local politics, but I wanted to talk about, uh, did I mention before that this Matt Whitaker, the new acting attorney general, was Jeff Sessions' chief of staff? And so he was, if you read it the way I do, spying on him the whole time with the ambition to please Trump and take Sessions' job. And my goodness, you think about your chief of staff being able to do that. It doesn't even sound possible, rational, just wrong. But it is what happened. So, so too is it with the local stuff. You just really never know what's up. So really, it's difficult to know unless you're right in there. And then even if you are, you might not know or misread or understand who's trying for what self-interest. I mean, in my opinion, self-interest is the easiest thing to spot. You know, it's like motive. Why did they do it? How does this satisfy their self-interest? And that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's That's life. We need to do that, but when we do it to disadvantage other people or to win at some game that doesn't need to be played like that, you know, that's very, very common. So the highlight of my week was the time my new friend Nick Matthews from Valley Oasis gave to me. Nick is the Regional Outreach Coordinator And he sat down with me and filled me in. And one thing I've learned is never plan a show around stuff that maybe later on you think you won't talk too much about, but talk a little bit about. And I just want to thank him and the entire organization. They are doing great things. And I'm going to put a little more together on that, but... For now, I think I'd just like to give my thanks to everyone there at Valley Oasis. And I think that's my main new realization. It's not a new one, but I'm glad to be back to it. And that is that even though it seems sometimes that nothing is happening or things are getting worse, we cannot discount the efforts of the people who are actually getting something done, actually helping people. And I know that they don't like to hear the blanket statements of somebody do something, nothing's happening. And I feel for them because none of us, none of us 
want to imagine how much worse it could be without their efforts. But we should remember that those efforts do make it better. God bless all you triers. And God bless you who actually do some work. Mm-hmm.